See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? AJ Cochran to keep things going. Mycel gets the better of him, and New Mexico United off to the third round. Listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the Beautiful Game Network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team, here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Hello, and thank you for tuning into the CurseCast. I'm RJ Montano alongside my best friend, David Carl. Oh, shucks. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's going great, David, because uh, we're coming off of something I have never experienced in my life. What a freaking match last night. I have never been a soccer fan for a win on penalty kicks. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. So any any of the uh, non-soccer fans maybe haven't discovered soccer yet or, or are the people who talk down on it and say soccer's boring, show them that. Show them the penalty shootout. Show them my blood pressure from last <laughs> night. If I had those readings, man, I was so nervous. I, I have never been that nervous, not even playing yeah. I have never been that nervous in a game. Yeah. And then once you win, it's the best feeling in in the damn world. You lose your mind, the whole bar loses its mind. People are hugging strangers and tipping over chairs and god, man, it was it was awesome. I had some dogs howling in Los Alamos from as much <laughs> as I was screaming and yelling and running around our house. That was that was awesome. And if you don't know what we're talking about, New Mexico United Where the hell were you? Phoenix Rising FC in penalty kicks. U.S. Open Cup, Four baby. Three. The magic of the cup. The magic of the cup. And, and man, I feel like such an ass for not believing in the cup. You know, um, it's it's something where if you are, as we've t- we've mentioned before, as you are, if you're an American sports fan, if you are just getting into soccer for the first time, first of all, welcome. That's great. But you don't, you may not recognize that cup competitions are important too. It's not just the league that matters. And, and that's hard to grasp yeah. as being that American sports fan. You know, you want to win the division. You want to win your the conference. conference sure. You want to win a title. But playing these games where your players have potentially a chance to get injured or tired, that's get get that out of here. And I don't those, want any of that. Well, those are legitimate concerns. To be fair, those are legitimate concerns. You know, uh, in cup competition, absolutely. But it, we have something that we call silverware in in soccer, uh, in football, uh, and that's 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 winning a championship, whether it be a cup title, whether it be winning the league. Silverware is great. Some silverware is more important than others, but the silverware you take home when you win, it's fantastic, and it's not just the league that matters. Although, I, don't get me wrong, I want to win the league too. And and the more and more I learn about the the, the Open Cup, the mm-hmm. more and more impressive it is. Sure. It is the oldest soccer tournament in the United States. 104 years, I think. Yeah, 105 years, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. And, and so it's it's not just uh, something that they're like, hey, you know what we could uh, you could, we could make some money off of real quick is this cool thing. No, this has been around. So it's And it's amateur teams. It's it's all, amateur all the way to the MLS. That's amazing. It's watching the upsets. Upsets. Like uh, one that happened last night, for example. And and, and who, who was that again? There, was, there were some pink birds 
guards that took down some trains, I think, is what happened. Obviously. Flamingo 3-0 over Smell Paso. Uh, congrats. In your face. <laughs> Congratulations to forward Madison. Um, I have to imagine um, that maybe El Paso was a little... Maybe it's a little bit of a mental letdown after the important match that we had uh, this past week against them. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Sure, uh, let's get on to that. It was a Sunday night match, yep. New Mexico United versus El Paso. You and I were there. We were there. Yep. And uh, it was a it was a grueling match. Yeah. It really was. It was a physical match. That's Both perfect teams really got at it. Yeah, um, and obviously ends in a 2-2 draw. Uh, but it was, it was much, much more than that. Um, these teams coming in. You know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, a, a fabricated rivalry or whatever you want to call it. You know, teams, uh, because they're close, because they come into the league at the same time, they automatically have a rivalry. And and, and I, I get that. I, I hear where they're coming from. But these teams played physically. Um, and if a rivalry between the fan bases already existed, but if a rivalry between the teams didn't exist, I believe it probably will now. Um, and when you add those two together, you create a legitimate rivalry. I mean, these teams did not appear to like one another. Um, and, and right off the bat, um, Jerome Kieswater, uh, 36th minute, so not right off the bat, but they take the lead in the 36th minute, uh, through Jerome Kieswater. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. He's a damn good player. Um, he ends up scoring both goals for, for El Paso. Um, and, and frankly, he is, I think the reason that, that this ends up in a draw, um, El Paso, and I don't say this very often, I think El Paso played better than United did in this match. Um, frankly, top to bottom, especially and particularly in the first half, I think El Paso was the better team. Uh, they had the lion's share of the possession. They had the lion's share of the opportunities. Um, but you know what? United comes away with a point, um, and that's ultimately the most important thing. I Yeah, I completely agree. El Paso looked like the better team. Uh, not on paper, but on the field, they looked like the better team. What, sure. what they came out with was... Uh, they didn't allow the New Mexico, or they didn't allow New Mexico United to really get their passes off. Mm-hmm. They pressured every pass. And, they did and a think, really good job of invading the passing lanes, stepping yeah. into passing lanes uh, at just the right moment, and I, it was very clearly game planned by Mark Lowry. Um, and credit to him, they looked fantastic uh, doing so and really making United uncomfortable. Yeah, taking that away from him looked like it frustrated the the guys at United. So yeah, El Paso kind of came in with a game plan and they executed it. Really good in the first half. Yeah, absolutely. And Cody Mizell made some fantastic saves in the first half. Uh, one double save at around the 27th minute uh, when a player comes up on the left side. Uh, Cody deflects the first ball, uh, isn't able to control it, uh, bounces back out, comes right back to him uh, on the near post. He blocks that one away. Um, a really nice double save. And then again in the 36th minute, uh, Kiesewater slides into a ball um, and chips it over, over Cody, who... Didn't really have much to do with that. Uh, it was a tough play. Uh, he had to stay low because of the slide in. The ball went over him. Uh, fair play to Keyswater, 1-0 uh, El Paso there. Yeah, so uh, United was able to to tie it up going into half, mm-hmm. which was very important, I believe. Yeah, I mean, talk about a momentum shift. I mean, you're in the 46th minute, uh, second minute of, of stoppage time there, uh, and it wasn't feeling good. Uh, you know, United had had very few chances, um, and then a fantastic ball in from Manny Padilla. Uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful cross ends up on the head of Sam Hamilton. Sam uh, heads it toward the back post, and and we're tied at one going into the half, which, again, huge, huge, I would imagine, for the confidence of this team. Uh, if you go down 1-0 when the other team has controlled the vast majority of the possession, the vast majority of the, had the vast majority of the chances, um, then, I mean, that's that can be deflating. Uh, but United get that goal right at the death there. Yeah, not only uh, did that help you know, United going into the half, that helped the New Mexico contingent that made the trip yes. down 
at the half. Yeah, it made we us all feeling, feel better. We were feeling a little... Uh, uh, Shell-shocked? Shell-shocked, I think is a good... Yeah, that's perfect. Shell-shocked, because we were expecting to be up, I believe. Yeah. I believe everyone was thinking, yeah. like, we're going to run away with this one, because El Paso's not that good. They have one really good player and a bunch of other guys that are on the team. I don't know that I agree with the statement that we thought we were going to run away with it. I think some people did. Uh, if you just looked at the table... I did. Yeah. I, but I think if you just look at the table, sure, you can you can say, yeah, we could expect to run away with this. You know, we were coming into the match, coming into the day, rather, we were top of the table, and El Paso, I believe, was eighth or ninth, something like that. Um and so that would make sense. But if you look at their recent form, since Kieser Waters come on, uh, he's got, I want to say, like four goals in three games or something like that. He has been fantastic. Uh, they are coming into form. They're a better team than their place in the table indicates. Um, so I wasn't expecting to run away with it. I was expecting to win, um, but I didn't think it would be a runaway. Um so, so one one going into the half, and then uh, we come out in the second half about twenty minutes in. A really nice cross from the left side. Kizawater heads it down uh, toward the near post. Nothing Cody could have really done about that. Um, and two uh, one to El Paso there, and that the uh, I guess the the evening up that we did uh, no longer no longer in play because two one. Um, Right there, so El Paso retakes the lead. And starting around that time, things got really chippy. Yeah, just a couple minutes later, 72nd minute, I believe it was. Uh, <laughs> this is a this is a whole it's a whole thing. Uh, so Santi Moar gets tangled up uh, with one of their players. I don't remember who it was, um, and uh, it was Yuma. And so he and Yuma go head to head. Get I guess get like locked up, you know, eye to eye heads right against each other and Yuma from what I see uh, attempts to headbutt more um, a couple and, times not, yeah not just once and and that's that's a straight red that is that is going to be every time if you're trying to headbutt your opponent that is going to be a straight red and Yuma did get one to the credit of the referee so did Santi and I don't get it um and we, we we've done some research and red cards can be rescinded if they're appealed I don't know if the, if the club has appealed uh this this red card on Santi because frankly he didn't deserve it um Santi and and Yuma both sent off but uh after this whole thing where where Yuma is is coming in and uh, uh potentially attempting to, to headbutt Santi there um Josh Suggs runs in and shoves Yuma now that could have been a card for 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 Suggs. A two-handed shove could have been a yellow, could have been a red. Um, Suggs did not get one on that. So while Santi didn't deserve a red, maybe Suggs did, um, and Suggs he did not. So it ends up ten ten v ten for the rest of the match. Um, I think maybe I agree with it being ten v ten. I just don't agree with the player that was sent off for United. If that makes sense. Yeah, Santi didn't look like he did anything. No. Santi looked like one of the innocent parties. I mean, it was parties. physical. It was and physical uh, play, yes. Sure. I mean, he took, down, he took down Yuma. Yeah, it was a foul. It was definitely a foul. Uh, but not not really card-worthy, much less red card-worthy. Maybe it was not. something Santi said. And and what that tells me, frankly, uh, is that the referee doesn't have control of the match. If, if you're sending off, for some reason, if you're sending off both of these players... Uh, you don't have control of the match. You don't know what's going on. Uh, you sent them off just. You sent them off just to make sure that things stay even, regardless of the fact that one player deserved it, one player didn't, and a third player uh, did deserve it who wasn't even included. Uh, so that means the referee either wasn't paying attention, uh, didn't see actually see what happened, or just didn't have control of the match. And maybe multiple of those were the case. Uh, I think El Paso got screwed. 
um, by some of these calls in this game. Uh, I think that United got screwed by some of these calls in these games. The officiating was not good, and this is not, not the first time we've said that. Uh, there was a potential red card for El Paso in the, to end the uh, first half, close to the end of the first half. Where, yeah, uh, Devin. Devin was uh, just past midfield. He got a, a really nice through ball, um, and the defender yanked him down um, by the shirt. It was an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, in my opinion. should have been a red card. Uh, with that said, there was also a penalty in the box against United that should have been called and was not. It was very clear, in my opinion. There should have been a penalty award to do El Paso later in the match. So uh, I don't think the officiating uh, made one team or the other better because I think it was horrible across the board. Um, again, not the first time we've said that. It's unfortunate. Uh, but I think both teams really got screwed over by poor officiating here. Yeah. So, uh, so look, maybe at the end of the show, they might make the ugly or yeah, the bad the ugly. So they, who knows? They, they should. Uh Later on in the match, uh, 10v10 uh, kind of opened things up a little bit for New yeah. Mexico. I think so having that one less player on each side, totally agree. Ryan Williams cashed in. Well, 10v10, but it was also 10v9 at that point because a player went down for El Paso around mid-pitch. And in some situations, the referee can either blow the whistle, uh, but the referee is supposed to blow the whistle if he thinks it's a head injury. It wasn't a head injury. It was deemed by the referee uh, that play could continue, so United continued play. Um, sometimes the players can put the ball out. I think they did the right thing here. The referee did not stop play. They continued to play. Um, and so a really nice through ball to Ryan Williams, who, when we were watching this live, RJ, I was sure he was offside. I was absolutely 100% sure Ryan Williams was offside in that situation. But if you go back and you watch the replay, uh, there's a player on the far right side who just keeps him on. And it's horrible positioning by that defender because Ryan should have been offside in that situation. The rest of the defense was st- was up where they should be. Uh, it shouldn't have counted. I, I was... When we got that goal, I was very quiet. Well, I was cheering, but in, internally I was very quiet, thinking, oh, man, we got away with one there. But no, it was the right call by the linesman. Um, he was on, uh, and that made it 2-2 in the 79th minute. So that was, whew, again, another one that kind of brought us out of our frustration there. And that defender was so far away from the play. Yeah, that, nowhere I mean, near he, it. He, there's no reason for him to be where he was on on that. Yeah. So uh, that, that's And that's how we end it right there. 79th minute, Ryan Williams puts one away. 2-2, that was the final. Yeah, 2-2, and then a valuable point on the road uh, against, uh, again, what I, as I said before, a team that is turning into a real rival here. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it, frankly, you know, it's always good to have a, a close rival. You know, we can go down to El Paso once a year and, and have that rivalry match. They can come up here and, and have that rivalry match and, uh, get loud in each other's stadiums. And, and it's, it's a blast. We had a great time. So who would you consider more of a rival El Paso or Phoenix? Because we have a potential of playing Phoenix four times this season. If we could face them in the playoffs, sure. that would be the fourth time this season that we'd face off. So earlier in the season, I think we had a conversation about this, and, and what I said was Phoenix. Um, because I thought that, you know, it's a very similar uh, a level, I think. They're, obviously, it's geographically relatively close as far as the Western Conference goes. But I think as far as play level, I was thinking, well, Phoenix and and United are pretty similar. You know, Phoenix has been a very good team in the Western Conference for a long time. Obviously, we're brand new, but we've started off pretty well. Um, So that was my initial thought. With the way things have developed lately, um, with these teams not liking each other, in addition to the fans kind of bantering back and forth, I, I think... I think El Paso is going to be a real rivalry, too. Um, and, and so my answer to your question is a cop-out. I think it's both. Um, because, again, we've already played Phoenix twice. Um, and both times there's been some bad blood there. Um, and, and El Paso is, again, the natural geographic rival. And the fact that they have improved uh, from the beginning of the season, I think the signing of Kieserwater is, at this point, the signing of the season uh, in the USL. Uh, I think they're going to continue to improve. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Um 
I think that can develop into real rivalry too. So you don't just have to have one rival. It's not just Yankees Red Sox here. You know, um, I think we're going to have a couple real rivalries here, and I think those those two teams uh, make make the most sense. So I, I, you know, I agree with you, kind of because I think the fans from New Mexico and El Paso hate each other more. Mm-hmm. And the players seem to not like each other more on Phoenix and New Mexico. Well, and, and I want to make it clear, I don't hate any of the of the El Paso fans. Well, not any of them. Some of them are a real pain in the I ass. Hate <laughs> Most of them are really great people. Again, we had a great time in Phoenix. Uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. We met some some really nice uh, El Paso. I'm sorry, in El Paso, rather. Uh, we met some really nice El Paso fans. Um, had a great time. We went out to the bars after the game. It was it was a great time. We we enjoyed ourselves thoroughly. Uh, one or two jackasses, but that's any fan base. We've got one or two jackasses in our fan base. Maybe they ones who threw some garbage on the field. You know, yeah. Those yeah. those people are jackasses. You know, that's every single fan base. Um, but again, no, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Absolutely. All right, so again, back to that Phoenix game. Yeah, uh, U.S. Open Cup. U.S. Open Cup. Uh, Well, on the season, Mm -hmm. Phoenix have been gifted three PKs. Yes, against us in particular. Not not just, I mean, who knows what they've been gifted elsewhere, but I don't know what the deal is with that. Is it is it coincidental? Every time we go to Phoenix, they get gifted at least one PK, three in two games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and the one this game was was just Junior Fleming's put it away. Junior Fleming, but I mean, so so Sampson kind of. Kind of tugs at him driving in, but it, it's he doesn't fall down until he's in the box. So this he makes is, sure to get in the box, and then he pretends to trip over. And well, this isn't this is another one where just like I was saying before, where when I was watching it live, and I was not in Phoenix for this match, we were watching it from the bar, but we're watching it live. And when I see it happen, I said to I was standing next to Brad Scarborough, and I said to him, I said, "That's a penalty. That's the right call. Uh, it looks like it because Ethan." Ethan tugs on him and he goes down. I was like, yeah, that's the right call. And then we see it on the replay. And you're right. There's there's a huge delay between the two. And Ethan, when you can see barely it a little touches, closer, barely touches him. Barely touches him. Um, and you know, I'm I'm always one, if if my team deserves a penalty, I'll I'll admit it. This is not one of those situations. Ethan, by the way, who played his first game for New yeah, Mexico United. Congrats, Ethan. Had Welcome a, to the team. Had a hell of a game. He was he he came out. Uh, he was one of our best players on he the night. He was a wall, wasn't he? he I, stole the ball more times than I've ever seen. He just controlled the game great. defensively. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him in the lineup more, um, working him into there. He, he's fantastic, and I'm excited for what he could bring to the club. But uh, back to the issue at hand. Not a penalty, in my opinion. Uh, Junior Fleming puts it away. Uh, one nail in the 65th minute there. Um, feeling a little deflated. Um, and then... Devin Sandoval comes on. I don't know what time he was subbed on. He did not start today, uh, last night rather. Uh, but he comes on um, and has a, a beautiful goal in the 79th minute um, on a, on a cross. I don't know what was better, the cross. Uh, I think it was from Manny. Did Manny send that cross in? Uh, Suggs. Suggsy. So it was Suggsy who sent that that ball in. And I, again, I don't know what's nicer, the, the ball from Suggsy or the header from from Devin. Um, he goes back post with it. Uh, ties it up 1-1. We're all thrilled. Um, and we, we go into extra time uh, for our first ever U.S. Open Cup match. We go into extra time. Um, and in that 95th minute, Devin strikes again, uh, puts us up 2-1. to one. We're feeling really, really good about ourselves. And then Adam John has been in such good form for Phoenix lately. They had that Panenka last week, which was ridiculous. Um, he's got, I think, three goals in the last two games. He scores in the 101st minute. And uh, we end up through extra time, uh, tied at two-two, and we go to penalties in our first ever U.S. Open Cup match. Um, man, I, at this point, I just the nerves are killing all of us. I would, I no, mean, you're killing me. I was dying. Yeah, I was. I I didn't like that feeling mm-hmm. at first. 
I mean, it's great when you win. win. It's fantastic. <laughs> but that, uh, I, I text you. Yeah. I, I, you could tell by my text that I was nervous. I didn't like where I was. Yeah. And yeah, man, that was such. I don't know. You all listening know the feeling I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. If, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know what I was going through. So that was that was something. So the first, I think it was the first three penalties on both sides go in, or maybe the first two penalties on both sides go in, and then I think Cody stops the third. Uh, we score on the third, um, and then uh, uh, Waz for for Phoenix, the goalkeeper there, uh, stops the fourth. So we're uh, we're even at three to three. Um, Schmitty comes up very fitting, I thought, his first game back, mm-hmm. um, and blasted into the top right corner. Pretty dangerous uh, penalty. He, he did not play it safe. He just blasted the hell out of it. Uh, puts us up four three, and then our Lord and Savior Cody Mizell. Uh, he gets his second stop, and uh, I think the entire state of New Mexico erupts Cody, at once. Cody, it was amazing. Uh, just seeing the videos from the different bars was yeah. so much fun, and seeing just. Everyone on their feet, bending over, touching something, just being as nervous as I was. Yeah. And when Cody makes that stop, the the eruption that goes off every single place, every single video I've seen, even people who are home alone, like myself, yeah, uh, or with my wife, just going nuts. Yeah. And, when that happened. And again, you know, it didn't matter who you were next to or 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 where you were. Everybody was pumped up. Everybody's hugging strangers. It was it was a blast. God, it was so much fun. And again, this is our first ever U.S. Open Cup match. It's only uh, a second round match. Let's make it very clear: we haven't won anything yet. We're working our way toward that. But man, this is this is what they call again the the magic of the cup. This and this is where it comes. Just seeing the emotion from the players to win this game that I that I said didn't matter. Well, I was an idiot. <laughs> Uh, but but seeing the emotion from the players, the emotion from the fans, my emotions, it, it, this does matter. Yeah, this it, really does matter. It does, and and it puts us into the third round against Colorado Springs. Uh, we'll see them twice over the course of two weeks. Uh, we're going there this Saturday. Uh, we'll have a blast there. Looking forward to that match. Um, and then again, I think it's the 29th, I believe, is the uh, is the next yeah, matchup. May 29th. May 29th. Uh, so we'll see them again at Colorado Springs, and and hopefully we're able to come away with a win there. That would be great. Yeah, this is. This is something else. Yeah. This is something else. It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. All righty. Uh, we, uh, we have some great guests coming up on the show today. We didn't really mention this, but uh, Kelsey Steele from the League Office. She's the senior manager of social media for the USL Championship. And if you, join us. And if you were with us uh, for the Cinco de Mayo match, which I hope you were, she was the the, the woman running run around with the camera behind her the whole time. She hung out with us for a couple days uh, ahead of and during and shortly after that match and and got to see New Mexico firsthand, got to see the fans here firsthand. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about that. There's a really cool picture of her that I saw uh, on social media where she is in the curse with Peter Trevisani mm-hmm. and uh, Chevelle Shepard. Yeah. And uh, they're just screaming their heads off for that first 505 minutes, and, and that's that was really cool, just to see how she immersed herself. And I like the way she's doing this. She's immersing herself in the culture of wherever she's going. Yeah, not just here. Across the state. I mean, across the country, rather. Across the country. So she's doing a great job over at the league office with their new digital media. So we'll be talking to Kelsey Steele here in a few minutes. Uh, David, let's uh, let's take a quick break. Get Kelsey on the show. Let's do it. All right. You're listening to Chris Cast. Looking for a great place to catch Premier League, MLS, and USL games? 
Star Brothers Brewing is your family-friendly destination to catch all your favorite soccer matches. Star Brothers is also home to your official New Mexico United watch parties with a Curse Supporters Group. Get 15% off your ticket when you show your Curse membership card. Star Brothers Brewing is located at 700 San Antonio Drive in the Northeast Heights, just east of I-25 on San Antonio. You can find Star Brothers on Facebook or Instagram or visit starbrothersbrewing.com. All right, welcome back to the Curse Cast. I'm Arjun Montani alongside David Carl, and we have been looking forward to this for a little bit now. Uh, we have Kelsey Steele. She is the let's uh, she's the face of the USL. Let's just say that she yeah. is <laughs> awesome. Uh, she joined us here for the Cinco de Mayo game with the league office and uh, was able to to tour New Mexico, get a lot of the. Uh, the culture, the traditions, and the team. And uh, we'd like to welcome Kelsey into the show right now. Kelsey, thank you for making the time for us. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. All right, well, Kelsey, let's get right down to it. As RJ said, you were here for our Cinco de Mayo match. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty broadly, what was that experience like for you? I mean, to be honest, you guys, I we, we came into it watching New Mexico on TV. So we, we had an idea of like, okay, people show up to the games that, you know, they're having a really good time. Fans are pretty passionate, but we came in to that game and we're just completely blown away. I mean, the tailgate alone, I, I'm, t- I'm talking like SEC college football level tailgate. We I like to party. never seen, <laughs> sorry. I said we like to party. <laughs> you do. And I, I mean, I'm here for it. Um, I just, I, I've never seen anything like that in not only USL uh, tailgate, but I mean, soccer in North America as a whole. And when we're talking, you guys, there were, there were soccer games playing. I mean, the game was at five and people were already posted up at noon. I'm like, this is, this is nuts. You know, this is so insane. Um, and then, you know, we get into the park and the game itself. I mean, you got New Mexico played phenomenal, but the fans and uh, the curse, it was just, it, it was such a cool experience. And it, it was really cool for us to finally be able to see that in person too and be able to come back to the league office and be like, you guys, this team is no freaking joke. Like, this game is, uh, is everyone needs to get out there and see New Mexico United game. It was just, it was such a cool experience. And we were, to say we were impressed is an understatement. That's really fun to hear. Uh, I do want to get back to this. I want to talk a lot about New Mexico, but real quick, <laughs> let's get to uh, let's get to some business, Kelsey. Um, we want to talk about the USL with you a little bit, and mostly yeah. what what is going on with the the USL Western Conference because five points separate the top thirteen teams. <laughs> no one's really separating themselves in the in the West. So what what's going on here in the Wild West? So I love you. Just called the Wild West. That's great. Um, <laughs> And we, we, it's been a running theme in our office, and it, no one can figure out the Western Conference right now. I mean, it's, I, I think we kind of expected it to be how it was last year, whereas, you know, Phoenix kind of came out of the gate, and they were pretty much, like, within that top range the entire year. So I think we, we were expecting Phoenix to be that way, and even more, someone to kind of be that way, to, to hover around and separate themselves a little bit. Um, I, honestly, you guys, I think a big part of it is that, Championship play now is becoming so competitive. There's so many high-level, talented guys in our league now that that's kind of starting to spread out through through the conference as well. I mean, you're seeing it where, you know, you're just imagining someone to kind of come in and, and just walk all over, you know, another team, and it's just not happening. I mean, if you would have told me 
three months ago, I mean, back in January, that we were going to have Fresno and Tulsa in the top five. I mean, nothing, nothing against Fresno and Tulsa, but we never in a million years would have, would have had them in the top five in the Western Conference. So I think, it, I think a big part of that has to do with uh, the, the high level of talent across the board now, which is really great for the league and soccer in North America in general. But I also think that like there's just that front runner just hasn't emerged yet. I think that we're still kind of waiting for one team to kind of go on a run. And usually you'd see a little bit of a run by now. And uh, you know we're heading into what week twelve next next week. Yeah, yeah next week. And um, I, I I think that we are going to start to see somebody break through. I just I I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. That's that. That somebody will be wearing black and yellow. Uh, don't don't you worry about that. So again, right. you, you talked a little bit about your experience here, um, and you know, seeing the fans and and the tailgates and all of that. But New Mexico is not the only place that you've visited. I would imagine this year. Take us through a little bit. What, what other places have you been, and and kind of what have you seen from around the league? Yeah. So. Uh, Birmingham was actually our first stop of the year. So we were there on opening day for Birmingham, which is really cool. And uh, Birmingham kind of has a story like you guys, where it's a little bit of a for- forgotten city. Forgotten was a word used a lot when we were at our time in Albuquerque. And I think Birmingham is kind of that way as well. It's just it's not super publicized. It's not somewhere that um, you think of as being a very flashy place. So um, we left Birmingham completely surprised what it had to offer. And we felt the same way really with New Mexico as well. Um, but, but Birmingham kind of has a story. I mean, they've got Chandler Hoffman, which is that same kind of narrative that Devin Sandoval has, you know, kid coming back to play for his hometown club, hadn't been back in years. Uh, you know, they're both forwards. Like, there's a lot of things kind of in line there. So uh, Birmingham is really cool. They had a packed house for their game. We, and what was funny, actually, when we went out to Birmingham, we were boarding our flight on Thursday, and I get a call from Clayton, who works for Birmingham, and he's like, FYI, we are having to move the game. This is two days before the game, <laughs> their, their first ever home opener. He's like, we just are about to you know, drop the press release that we are moving the game to Sunday. There's massive storms coming in. Uh, I think they were under a tornado warning at the time. Like, I just, you, you never would have expected that as we're walking onto the plane. So I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> what, what do we do? So we end up staying in Birmingham for five days and we're able to gather a lot more content, and that kind of rolled over to New Mexico, and we're like, wow, we could use a full five days to to produce a lot of stuff and, and, and you know, gather a lot more material. So it worked out for us in the long run, and I was really impressed with the crowd that still came out on Sunday, you know, with changes being, you know, made and, and that being you know, the day before work day, I wasn't sure what the crowd was going to be like, but I believe they sold out that day, and, um, and it, it was really electric as well. Um, I was... You know, I was bummed from them. They couldn't get that win, but it was that, that was a really cool experience. So we're trying to hit somewhere at least um, every month and a half or so. Um, so it's it just so happened that our first two teams of the year were uh, expansion teams, uh, but we also hit up Louisville and um, where was Louisville and um, where was where was the other? Oh, Orange County last year, uh, which was which is really cool. I was, um, I mean, Orange County kind of speaks for itself. Just a, just a really beautiful place. But um, Louisville is, is a city that's just really breathing soccer right now. And um, their tailgate was no joke as well. As you can imagine, before USL Cup final, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty insane. But it's kind of fun now getting to the point where you're able to kind of compare yeah, different, different places. I'm looking forward to, to our opening up final uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, when I love, we're I love the boast of confidence. <laughs> love that. So uh, so around the league, can you give us a, a couple teams that we should look out for, kind of in the East and the West, teams that maybe we don't know here in Albuquerque? Yeah, I mean, I think that if we're talking USL Cup final at the end of the season, I think Tampa's going to be there. Um, I think that what's really cool with Tampa right now is that Neil Collins has finally had that year of, of being in his position and really getting to kind of put the pieces together for uh, the team that he wants. He's finally been able to kind of really build around, you know, his style of play and, um, you know, get guys to really buy into the system. And um, you've, got, you've got guys in Tampa right now who are really, really fantastic technical players, and they're really starting to, to groove. I think they're meeting – if you're talking Western Conference, I think that you guys should all be watching that Tampa-New York game because there's, in my opinion, about a 95% chance that you're going to see one of them in the final when it comes November. Tampa's been my so, pick to go. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, um, which is crazy because this time last year I never would have said that. So it's it's really funny, you know, when you look at what can happen in a year. I, I still think that there's a, a big chance for um, Indy to kind of get the ball rolling, um, St. Louis as well. Um, and <laughs> running theme in our office is New York is just hands down year in and year out the most consistent team in the league. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, they're on the top of the table right now too. So I just – they – Towards the end of the season, it's kind of when you really have to take like a larger look, I think, at, at New York and um, the possibility of them being in the Eastern Conference Final again. Um, but those would probably be where, where I'm at. But, I, God, I, again, St. Louis, one of those teams, had, if you talked to me in January, I would not have put them in your top five in the Eastern Conference. Sure. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. As far as the Western Conference goes, not, not trying to be biased here in, in the least, but <laughs> I think the squad that New Mexico United has pulled together is just really fantastic. I think um, you're seeing a few guys finally get their chance to, you know, get, get that moment, I think, that a lot of them have been working for. You know, Cody was, Mizell was, you know, Cody's a really great guy, first and foremost. Um, had had the chance to get to know him a little bit while he was here in Tampa, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm super happy for him and, and what's happening for him in New Mexico. And um, he was kind of overlooked, you know, when he was in his time here in Tampa, and didn't really get that shout. And we look at him now in New Mexico, and he's he's thriving. And you've got, um, you know. Kevon Freider, who really played behind guys like Chris Cortez last year at Phoenix Rising, you know, didn't really get that that role that he needed as well. And I mean, he's been a, a vital a vital piece to this uh, to this New Mexico team. And I think you have um, Santi as well, who's just <laughs> I could tell that Albuquerque, New Mexico as a whole, has just really taken on to him. Mm-hmm. And um, he's he was such a piece for Bethlehem on, on a team that really just wasn't able to make it work. So I think that he's been trying to find a place that really is kind of bought into his style of play. And I think that in Mexico has really done that. And it's really great to see a guy like him um, get a chance to succeed because I think that he's just been searching for that for a while, you know. So New Mexico has a lot of the pieces. And I, you, you can't tell me that the support doesn't play a role in that as well. You know, I think having that fan support there is a big impact, especially when you're having people and teams have to come into that atmosphere and play in. Um, other than that, I, I'm always going to put Phoenix up there. I think that they still they have the talent, they have the roster. I also think that they're just needing to put a few games together, honestly. And totally agree. Sleeping my, Giant. 
yeah, I, I think in every Western Conference team should be fearful a, a bit for for Phoenix getting on a run because I think that you you have them string together two three wins they're going to get that that boost that they need right now. Sure. Um, that said, coming off of a, a pretty deflating loss in the Open Cup. Um, Wait, what are you talking know, about? Just... Did they play in the Open <laughs> Cup last night? Wasn't sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you have a lot of people also saying El Paso could make that. I'm not as bought into the El Paso train yet. I'm kind of waiting to see that develop a little bit more. Um, I, I really like the squad that, uh, that Reno's put together as well. So those are kind of the few in, um, in the Western Conference I think I'd keep a lookout for. I think Keyswater's pretty good in El Paso. He's, he's a very good player, but I don't know that they have all the pieces to make a run. I think I agree with you on that, too. Sneak I think it's a year in the making. Yeah, I think I think they could be a very good team. And again, not saying that they're not a good team. I think they're better than their table position indicates right now. Um, and I think they're right. going to continue to get better. But uh, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I haven't completely bought in on their ability to make a playoff run. Right, right. And again, I think it's it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. But I mean, that's our season's so long yeah. that come even July, August, you can see El Paso at the top of the table and not be surprised. You know, so it's. It's, that's, I think it's just making the Western Conference really fun right now because you have all these really talented teams and really talented players who just can't seem to put a string of wins together. Sure. All right, so one of the things we do whenever we have a guest is, is we let people know ahead of time who our guest is going to be. We put it out on social media, and, and we ask for questions from our listeners. Um, and as you might expect, uh, a lot of the questions that we got for you are New Mexico United related, but I'm going to start <laughs> with one that isn't. This is from Joel okay. Kaskinen on Twitter. Um, he uh, also is a communicator. He says, as a communicator and advocate of social media, I believe that it's not always about the content uh, that matters. Sometimes it's bigger, more about the story we're telling. As senior manager of mm-hmm. social media, what conversations do you want the USL to start? Yeah, I think that is a, a really good shout from him. Um, I think a big part of what we do is, one, trying to identify a story. But I think as a communicator and working in digital, what you'll find a lot of the times is a story that's important. It might not always move the needle. you know. So we might have something that I want you know, one of our guys to write for From the Pitch Beach, which is our first person narrative um, series, and it, it might not get a ton of clicks. So it, there's a point in time, I think, as a journalist that you have to just take that plunge, whether or not it moves the needle for your department, because it's just a story that has to be told. And that's, that's the end of that's that's the end of it. You know, there are certain pieces that we have to start building conversations around, um, you know, our pride piece is being one, one of those, you know, it's really cool to see what Austin Deleuze is doing with playing for pride. And, um, you know, over in, in North Carolina and last year we had them do like a group playing for pride piece for from the pitch, which is really, really awesome. And then it was the first time that the USL has ever you know, publicly, you know, endorsed something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was really, it was received really well. It was really great. Um, I think it's perfect timing right now with this question, talk about um, the article that just dropped the ESPN and the USL taking a pretty bold stance on um, on head injuries and the protocol for those and going as far to, you know, submit an application to have a rule change by the 2020 season. Um, it's, I think that there's not enough conversation around that. Um, and then even more, I, I think that I, where we are right now with sport and how it's kind of intertwining in a lot of different areas, I think mental health is something that, um, as our department is here, I would love to take another step forward and try and figure out how we can, you know, 
add more to that narrative because at this point we're seeing more and more athletes come up and, and talk about mental health because it is important and it is something that we should all talk about. And I think that you're finding players now more than ever using that platform to tell me stories. So for us as a department, we need to figure out how we can supplement that narrative. Yeah, that's that's really great. And what, what you guys have been doing with the uh, digital marketing with the USL, you're the senior manager of uh, social media, has been really innovative. Uh, all the things that you've been able to do, uh, kind of making it a, a television station there with the USL. And, and this, uh, actually, next Tuesday, you guys are coming out with a Still Some Time podcast. Oh, yeah. Which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited about that. And um, it's definitely something that's been a, a, a long time coming. I think we've wanted a, a, a podcast and wanted something to kind of fill that void and it was just you know needing to find the right the right moment for it and um you know the the right platform for it and um scott stewart is going to be my co-host in that podcast and he's just really great guy super knowledgeable he, he comes from louisville and indy worked in worked in both of those markets and um so he's going to be able to provide a lot of really cool perspective and um you know we're, we're great friends so i'm hoping it's going to be some pretty decent banter as well <laughs> <laughs> well so another question we got on social media is from josh lane uh he wants to know the favorite thing you experienced during your time here in the land of enchantment God, I had to be right down to one. Um, so I will say it was really cool on Monday morning. Um, Peter picked us up, Peter Trevisani, uh, picked my uh, director of creative services, Matt, and myself up, and we drove out to Tent Rocks. Oh, and, that's awesome. um, yeah, and did, did the hike, and we actually did an interview on the very top of Tent Rocks. So we'll have that piece oh, coming soon, cool. which is, yeah, which is really cool. I mean, backdrop, as you can imagine, was insane. Um, I'm really into to kind of outdoor activities and stuff like that. So being able to have the time to do something like that was really important to me. And, I feel like that's a, a big part in Mexico as well, kind of that that outdoor vibe. There's a lot of different activities, whether it's hiking or whatever it may be. Um, that was that was a pretty big highlight of my trip. Um, I'm also um, food's pretty important to me, like probably like top two like most important things in my life. Yeah, ditto. And so when we came out there, we had talked to uh, uh, the Mexico staff ahead of time and we're like, we need a list of <laughs> all of the best places around. Like we prioritize our day around where we're eating. Cause we you know when we're out, we, we really want to immerse ourselves in a culture. And um, you know, I'm not going to be eating at a Chick-fil-A when I'm on the trip. <laughs> like, let's, be, let's be very clear. Um, so I, I thought it was really cool to kind of see some of the um, super niche places that makes New Mexico unique. Do you get your fill of green chili? Oh yeah, I look at Christmas style. I was, nice. I was going to ask <laughs> what you preferred, so that's a that's great. Yeah, I'm I'm red. Yeah, uh, I will typically. say like I think if I had to choose, I'd go green. Um, but I, I enjoyed it Christmas style very much. Yeah, like everybody loves Christmas. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> this question from Ren on Twitter. Ren's wondering, uh, from your perspective, how has uh, United coming into the league had an impact on that league? Oh, I think it, it is. It has really changed the way that we look at a lot of things from different perspectives as well. So um, I, from my perspective, at least from the social side, digital side of things, New Mexico just kind of does things differently. Um, you know, when you're, you come in as an expansion franchise, uh, you're this front office staff and, you know, Peter especially is, you know, reaching out to different teams or the league and is getting some advice and, um, you know, different scenarios of how to kind of go about certain ways. And what I've noticed in Mexico is, you know, 
it's they've really done things their own way. It hasn't. It, I don't look at New Mexico and think, okay, they remind me of so and so. You know, it's very. It is on every single spectrum as well. I mean, you look at their social, and I have never seen a sports organization retweet their fans as much as New Mexico United does. So, like when I first saw that, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. That's you know. That's interesting, but it's totally worked. It's created this this relationship between the fans and the front office and the players that I don't think any other club has. So that's played a massive role in that. Um, I, day in and day out, the conversation I see on the New Mexico United Nation page on Facebook is outstanding. It's unbelievable. I think that you're you're creating a culture that's so much more focused on relationship, you know, far beyond what's happening on the field and. So that's one of the that's one of the big things for me. I think that they're changing our perspective in a lot of ways that, you know, not everyone's going to operate in that same way. And for New Mexico, it works. It totally works. Um, I think there when, you know, FC Cincinnati left this past year and, and went to MLS, I think there are a lot of questions there, you know, they obviously pull a lot of attendance. Like that's no secret. And to have a few expansion teams come in right out the gate and just sell out their crowds and, you know, make this league exciting and, you know, to really set some new standards. It's, it's all you can ask for from a league office. I mean, I, I will turn on a Mexico United games just to watch, not even when I'm working. And that's saying something, you know, everything on the table, their play is exciting too. They got players who have been in the league for, you know, a few years, which I think really helps. You know, you've got guys like Josh Suggs, who's been in the league for what, nine years. And you've got guys like Santi, who's, you know, been been around the Eastern Conference. So I think that what they have going on the field as well is just taking that another step forward. And so, of course, you know, you guys are on top of the table right now. And I think, you know, up there at Portland, and it it's too hard not to talk about you guys, not talk about what's happening in New Mexico. All right. Kelsey Steele, the senior manager for uh, social media at the USL Championship, has joined us here in this segment. And Kelsey, we really appreciate your time. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for reaching out. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll be back to New Mexico sometime here soon. Yeah, it'd be great to have you guys back out. And we're looking forward to seeing all that content that you guys got. So, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Thanks, Kelsey. Yeah, it's coming soon. Awesome. All right. This uh we're going to take a quick break. we got Joe O'Neill from ESPN Radio 117. The team going to join us for a quick announcement on the other side, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Curse Cast. New Mexico United Soccer. More than a team. This is a family. We wanted so badly, so desperately to do this for Justin and his family and to honor his dad. And we honored him in the best way possible. You better not be the one to doubt her. We had to Because we going to blow your mind. What a win with the goalie. We had, and it's 3 now. We going to blow your mind. New Mexico United Soccer on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. We going to blow your mind. Watching the one-hit wonder. Screen 
And welcome back into the Curse Cast. We are here for our final segment of the evening and joined by a very special guest, Mr. Joe O'Neill, president of ESPN Radio 11.7, the team. Uh, we've been able to, thanks uh, thanks to Joe here, been able to record uh, our podcast here on a weekly basis. And, and we're also here to talk about something uh, I'd say even a little bit cooler than that, Joe. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me as a guest on the podcast. Uh, RJ came to me about two months ago uh, and told me you guys were going to do something like this. And RJ was an original member of our radio station, so if RJ asked for anything, he can have it. Uh, (laughs) And uh, it's a pleasure to host uh, your guys' podcast. you know, as often as you're doing them, each and every week, uh, and it's uh, it's great to be here with you guys today, David. Well, it's been a blast, RJ. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've been able to uh, climb the charts with the podcast, too. We're Woo-hoo. doing really well, uh, getting a lot of compliments on the sound and stuff like that, so thanks, Joe. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about a little partnership that uh, the team, ESPN Radio 1017, the team, and Uni- New Mexico United have uh, formed here. It's, it's great to finally hear New Mexico United games on the airwaves. Well, thank you. Yeah, and a credit to that. Uh, goes to uh, Adam Deal and Chris Hurst. Uh, as you heard, they did a terrific job with the broadcast. But, um, you know, like I said, each from the time you guys had mentioned doing uh, your podcast here, we had a high interest level of doing something with the United. And after meeting with them on a couple of occasions regarding uh, fulfilling their marketing needs, because we do, of course, sell radio commercials and we have two billboards. Uh, We have a a magazine called 1017 The Team Magazine. Um, We actually started uh, gravitating towards a play-by-play agreement. And a lot of the credit of that goes to Peter and the guys over at the uh, New Mexico United. And here we are. Um, We had one broadcast under our belt. We're going to do a minimum of 14 more. Uh, We hope to even do a few more than that. Uh, And it's just a a great thing to have uh, on the radio. People a lot of times uh, said, soccer on the radio, how does it work? Well, as people remember, uh, one of the hottest times for this radio station uh, was when the World Cup was going on and the U.S. was doing so well uh, a number of years ago. And uh, I think he worked with us, RJ, there. Uh, we did a on-location viewing party, and people, if we missed a game, whether it was a U.S. game or any game, uh, people were calling, complaining. They wanted their soccer on the radio. They did, and I remember that. And I was I, I talk about this often on the podcast, that that's where I fell in love with soccer. We were doing the games here on radio, and I was like, I don't know, Joe, soccer. Next thing you know, we're getting calls like, you need to have this game. We had viewing parties. Uh, we collaborated with the city of Albuquerque, had viewing parties at the Key. Eva Auditorium, and we were packing that place out, and it's just a lot of fun. So that's that's where soccer kind of started growing on me, and then now having a home team to root for, that's that's been incredible. And to that end, it seems like uh, soccer is, we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit, but soccer is kind of an untapped market, or was an untapped market, I guess, to, to an extent, uh, prior to United coming in here. Obviously, we have the Albuquerque Soul, and those games are a blast, and we have fun doing those. Um, but not to this level, um, and and I would I would imagine that carries over to to the radio to the airwaves as well. Yeah, and I think by just saying soccer games, uh, we're not giving uh, it its due. I mean, uh, the New Mexico United, and you guys are a big part of this, is 
kind of a phenomenon in a short period of time. I've been to uh, home games. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it with my own ears. And uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, and I'm just so happy, you know, with, there's a lot of things that uh, are not so great uh, here in Albuquerque. Uh, the news not so great, I should say. Uh, and this is something that I think a lot of people are taking uh, a lot of pride in. And, uh, you know, uh, ho- hopefully we'll continue it and we're here to help in any way we can. And let's get a little bit to just what will be happening and what has already started happening here on the team. Um, it's going to be all the home games. Is that right? Right. It's going to be all the home games and uh, a a number of others uh, that you'll find out down the road. Uh, but yeah, a minimum of all the home games. And like I said, we, we're going to do a minimum of 15. And as Ray knows, uh, we try to maybe uh, like under promise and over deliver. Uh, and so you'll, you'll be able to hear some home games. And my hunch is you'll see here a couple of away games. And again, I go back to what I said at the top of this pot or at the top of this segment, I should say, Adam Deal and Chris Hurst. I was like, I was uh, expecting good things, uh, but the reviews on those two guys uh, have been really high. The high marks, uh, and you know, just having somebody from Newcastle, England, uh, as part of the broadcast, and of course, Adam uh, in, in Chris Hurst, and then Adam played soccer here locally at Rio Rancho, and then down at Eastern New Mexico. I mean, it's a it's a really good broadcasting team. And going back to when you fell in love with the uh, the World Cup, Ray or RJ, um, like the, the announcers are part of the deal, and having yeah. that little bit of a, an English or a British accent in there is like just makes it that much more authentic. Yeah, and we've gone back and forth on this. I absolutely love Tommy Smith. He's one of my favorite <laughs> voices on soccer. We do, we can agree and disagree on that. He's got a great voice, but his knowledge is. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care what he said. He's like he, he, I don't care what he's saying. He's he's fantastic. But uh, and one one seven. It's team, like Harry Carey, right? Oh, I, I love yeah, Harry. That's a great. Yeah, that's Harry, great. Harry Carey. A lot of times wasn't all that accurate, David. You know, that's a long drive, you know, and then the shortstop would run back and catch a a, a pop fly in in short center or left field. But go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. No, no, that's awesome. And I was just going to say that uh, 1017, the team, has been kind of a catalyst for soccer since I've I've been working here. We had the World Cup games. We also had that run that UNM made to the national championship game here on the airwaves. So (laughs) soccer has been part of 1017, the team's history. And in going forward now, it's it's really incredible. Yeah, we uh, we see. Sent Henry Tafoya, the legend, to Philadelphia for a Final Four game between New Mexico and Notre Dame, and then we did another uh, high impo- highly important game that uh, New Mexico had uh, at their soccer field. So yeah, it's not new to us. Uh, it might be new to a lot of people, but uh, I encourage them to uh, give it a chance if you hadn't listened. And then, of course, if you did enjoy the broadcast, we got many more to come. Yeah, we got plenty more to come here on the airwaves. 1017 the team with the new broadcasting partnership with New Mexico United. Uh, minimum of 15 games on the airwaves here. And you mentioned specifically, you know, there's it's introducing a lot of people to soccer in the community. I mean, people know youth soccer. People know the Lobos, um, men's for a while, and now, now just women's. Uh, but do you guys feel... 
like a sort of responsibility to bring that in? I mean, obviously, it's a great opportunity uh, to really bring in a different uh, a group of people, maybe not the same people watching soccer and the same people watching golf, for example. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. I, I, I'm not a big golf fan. Uh, but do you feel kind of a responsibility? Do you feel like you're kind of part of this, bringing the community together around this this great thing? Responsibility is a great word to use, David. Um we when when we were entering into this uh, partnership with Peter and the folks over at the United, we did some research, and quite frankly, of the thirty six teams in the league, very few of them have over the ad uh, over the air broadcast um, contracts in place. Uh, so again, no surprise, the United are a cutting edge in the way that they approach everything over there, and so with that comes a responsibility because we feel a lot of other teams in the league uh, are going to be keeping an eye on how this thing is going with us doing these games over the air on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. A lot of them do have agreements to have their games audio done via streaming and whatnot. Very few, if any, have the number of games that we have the United slated for over-the-air broadcast. So, no, a great way to put it in terms of responsibility. And then that's why I go back to just the the imaging that we do uh, for the games, uh, the broadcast crew we have for the games, uh, the way we format it. You know, we had a pregame show uh, in the last game, postgame interview with the coach down on the field uh, right after the game was over. I mean, those are the things that you're going to expect to hear and I'll also tease this other thing uh, that you can look forward to is uh, we'll be having call-in post-game uh, shows as well so those folks uh, leaving Isotopes Park are going to be able to call in and talk to Adam and Chris and get their thoughts on the game any questions so these are things that we have uh, planned for down the road nice and and th- so those aren't the post-game show is not yet in place but it's something to look forward to Right. The, the post-game show last game had, of course, the post-game interview uh, with uh, you know the coach. We're going to add players to that. But after as we move along, uh, we're going to make it so that people leave in Isotopes Park. We know that there's 15,000 fans there. It's going to take them a few minutes to get uh, out of there and on their way home. And uh, we're looking forward to having them have the ability to call the radio station number and talk to the broadcast crew. And this is being smart, knowing your, knowing your market, because Albuquerque he is one of those call-in markets. They want to call in after a game. We've seen that in, in, in a bunch of different sports. So not just the uh, the soccer fan, but knowing that the Albuquerque soccer fan, that's it's a really great idea, Joe. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you talk about we, we carry Dallas Cowboy games and we carry the Dallas Cowboy postgame shows live from uh, Dallas and they have an 800 line for, for calls after the game. And how many times do you hear calls oh, coming yeah, in from hear, Albuquerque? Yeah, you know? several times. Someone from Albuquerque. Yep. Yep. Um, so any Anyway, yeah, we're just going to kind of try and get that going for the the next broadcast as well. Awesome, Joe. Congratulations on this broadcasting uh, partnership. It's a it's really great. It's going to be really great for both sides, I believe. Again, hats off to the United, and uh, we are just uh, along for the ride, and it's been a, a good one in a short period of time, and I think it's going to get a, a lot better even down the road. And congratulations again to you guys for the popularity of this podcast. I'll let you guys get back to it. Thanks, All right. Joe. Thank you, Joe. All right, David. It looks like we're gonna uh, we're gonna skip our, our charity game for this week. Uh, we we've had a, a lot of, of guests on the show today, Kelsey Steele, Joe O'Neill. So let's let's get down to one of my favorite segments: the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, and we always, as always, start with the ugly, so we end up with the good. Do you want me to lead off? You want to lead off? Uh, I'm gonna pitch to you this time. Let's... Uh, all right, mine's fun. My ugly here is fun. Uh, Phoenix 
Phoenix Rising, pay your damn electric bill. We've now played two games at Phoenix Rising, uh, and two times the lights have gone out. The first time wasn't a big deal. It happened during halftime, and they came right back on real quick. Uh, this time, a minute and change, uh, right in the middle of the game. Uh, it's a little concerning. It's not. It's not the end of the world. I'm just having fun with you folks over at Phoenix. We had a great time when we went. Uh, but uh, it's it's interesting to see that happen twice against the same opponent. I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Phoenix Rising games, but I don't know. Uh, is that a semi-regular thing for them. Yeah, that'd be something to, to ask our friends over at the Rising is One podcast. Let's yeah. see if th- this is, because we were there for that match against uh, New Mexico United Phoenix, and mm-hmm. sure enough, lights went out, sprinklers came on. Or maybe it's just uh, the Rising folks trying Although, to get in our heads. It went, I mean, I think it was right at 10 o'clock, uh-huh. or 9 o'clock. Oh, so, so maybe that's a timer. Yeah, that was, makes sense. It was right at the top of the hour. I mean, it makes sense. We're going in, we're in extra time, uh, probably much later than they expected everything to be going on. That makes sense. It's probably on a timer. All right. Well, I don't rescind my ugly, but no, no. I'm interested to see. Ugly. I'm interested to see if that's happened before. All right. What's your ugly, RJ? My ugly are the El Paso soccer fans. Uh, <laughs> a majority of them were great people. A lot of great people. But and that, yeah, that's a good caveat. The, the vast majority of the people we met there were great. There was fantastic people. Even at, and we went out to the bars afterwards mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun just, just hanging out with the uh, with the El Paso fans. But in the game. Um, there's that awful slur that we hear and yes. we hear it over and over. And El Paso says, oh, we don't say that. We say El Chuco. We yell El Chuco. And in the public address announcements, yeah, we they, yell El Chuco. Well, and they, they put that up on the on the video um, board. It was all over the place. And signs and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are not yelling El Chuco. They are not. They are not. They turned around and yelled the slur right at us. Yep. Uh, it, it, and it's audible. I mean, you you could tell the difference. It's it's. And it's disgusting. And it's, instead it, of trying to put lipstick on it and trying to say, no, 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 that's not what they're saying, you need to address this. this the Paso front office needs to address this. The eighth notch, they need to address this and stop it. Yeah, it's it's, it's disgusting. It's it's unfortunate. It's disgusting is is is, is the right adjective. Um, I it sucks that it happens. Uh, and and you're absolutely right. It, they they may try to disguise it as El Chuco. And I, I'm willing to bet, to be fair, that there are some fans in the stadium saying El Chuco. But what we heard uh, at, at El Paso was not El Chuco. It was, it was very audibly that slur directed at players, directed at us. doesn't matter where it's directed, frankly. Uh, it's, it's offensive no matter what, and I think it needs to be addressed. Also, uh, at the end of the match, kind of long after the end of the match, Manny comes over to our section because mm-hmm. there's a lot of us up there and is applauding us. Uh, there's, a, there's a photo that I found. Yeah, I saw you post this. There are just... Middle fingers going up from the El Paso faithful for no reason. The game's over. There's there's no need. For and Manny, it make it let's make it very clear, was not taunting. He came yeah. over to us to yeah, thank us for he's, making he's the He's looking trip. up and pointing up to us, so right. he's not taunting the player. And he's he's deep into the pitch. He's not right above us, right, right. Be, or right below us. So yeah, uh, I mean, and and I get it. Uh, you know, as we've talked about already, you know, I'm sure El Paso fans felt aggrieved they didn't come away with three points in that match. Um, and I get the frustration, but that's that's not the right way to take it out. No. All right, David, what's your what's your bad for the week? My bad um, was on the pitch. Um, El Paso made our players uncomfortable. Uh, frankly, I thought that uh, particularly the first half of the game in El Paso uh, was some of the worst football we've played. Uh, El Paso did a really good job getting in the passing lanes. Um, they countered our high press particularly well, and and it was one of the few times this season that I have seen our guys look consistently uncomfortable throughout the entirety of a, of a half. Um, and so credit to El Paso, credit to their players, uh, credit to Mark Lowry for that. Uh, bad from our perspective, obviously, good from theirs. Um, Got to give them a lot of credit. Um, and on top of that, give a lot of credit to our guys for, despite the fact that they had to play 
uncomfortably, still coming away with a point in a hostile environment. Yeah, El Paso had a really great game plan going in there, and they really took us out of what we wanted to do and what mm-hmm. we're really good at. So, uh, yeah, the play on the the play on the pitch wasn't that great, but I think El Paso spent all of their energy on, uh, on us too. <laughs> because right. It was great to see. It was great to see the Flamingos go out and uh, t- take take one on the road. Forward Madison, how about them? Good job, guys. Cup set. Uh, all right, my bad, and this has been a bad of mine a couple times on the podcast. Me, I am again the bad. You should be the bad every I week. I should be the bad every week. I, I didn't get the cup. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I thought it was a glorified scrimmage. Yep. I thought we were wasting our time. I thought we were wasting our energy. But then, but then the but magic then, of the cup happened. The magic of the cup. Uh, I, I get it. I, I guess I get it. Uh, I still have my reservations. I still don't like that we could lose a player to an injury. I, I don't like that we could get tired of playing 120 minutes plus PKs. Did not like that. Luckily, we came away with a win. Yes. Made uh, it a little easier to, to swallow, but I get the cup. Like it, it's, it's more than just... Well, you and you and I were talking about. <clears throat> excuse me. You and I were talking about before we came on air. That this exact statement, this exact idea. Uh, you didn't get the cup because you your background is in American sports, and I love American sports too. I love football. I love baseball. All that kind of stuff. But I grew up watching soccer, and particularly the English Premier League. And the FA Cup is very important. Um, you know, it's not as as important as the league, uh, but winning the FA Cup is a huge deal. Um, and it's the oldest tournament uh, in England. It, this is the oldest tournament in the United States, the U.S. Open Cup. It, there's a lot of prestige involved in it. So for me, I've always understood the cup. I, I get the cup. But coming into it, after we got our first round draw, uh, after we saw that it was away at Phoenix, both us and the Rising fans uh, were frustrated. Didn't yeah, like that yeah. draw. Uh, we've talked about this at length. Um, and I, I guess was... While I, I appreciate the majesty of the cup, the magic of the cup, whatever you want to call it, I was a, I put it in the back seat. I said, you know what? I wouldn't be so disappointed if we ended up losing at Phoenix. See, I've been saying that. I've been saying but that. But we've been saying for it for different time. reasons. Yeah, we've been saying it for different reasons. But I have been saying, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I want to win the league. I don't, I don't yeah. want to win this. And we agreed on that scrimmage. last week on this podcast. But for the reason I was saying it wasn't because I didn't think the cup was important. It was because I hated the draw. I didn't think it was fair. And I thought, okay, there's a pretty good chance we could go into Phoenix there's a shot that we could go into Phoenix and lose because two USL teams in the second round, right off the bat, two good USL teams as well, teams that could you know, spring an upset on an MLS team are playing each other. I was just frustrated with it. And then it got to game time, and about 20 to 30 minutes before game time, I'm like, you know what? This is all that matters. I tweeted at you, this match is all that matters right now. And thankfully we won, obviously. Um, because if we lost, it would have been like, eh, no big deal. We didn't really care anyway. But because we won, I can tell the truth um, and and say that it matters. And you know what? We've got, a, we've got a good matchup, I think, coming up against Colorado Springs in the next round. Um, See, and that frustrated me even more when I saw the third round pairing that it, no, almost no matter what we did, we're going to play on the road. Uh, yeah. Even with the uh, the if if we were playing FC Denver, we don't know where that game was going to be. Likely on the road. Likely on the road. Yeah. Uh, because the isotopes are home, mm-hmm. so that the home field is not available. So seeing that we would probably go play at Colorado Springs, yeah. back almost back to back games, I didn't like that, and, and that's what made me even further down the road of. I don't want this. I don't care. But I had a I had a great conversation with a couple people at Star Brothers last night before I headed over to Rio Bravo, um, and that was you know what I will trade this second round matchup and this upcoming third round matchup if we are able to win it. I would trade being on the road for both of those if there is a chance that we could be at home in the fourth round against an MLS club to host an MLS club at Topes Park would be amazing. That would be so cool. That would be really uh, cool. I would 
I would in a heartbeat trade those second and third round home matchups. And I, I will almost guarantee there's at least 10,000 people for that game oh. on a Wednesday night. Yes. On a, well, I guess not really a school night, but on a Wednesday night. Yeah. And Work it's going to be packed. It's going to be packed. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, David. Uh, let's quickly, let's get to our good. Yeah. Uh, my good was the away experience at El Paso. Um for several reasons. Um, the first of those being just the convenience of that downtown area. So we were at the Doubletree Hotel, um, and it is literally a block walk, one block from the front of our hotel uh, to the stadium. It's so convenient. It's so nice. I love how that was set up um, right up into the park. And then more importantly than just that convenience as far as the away experience goes was the traveling Curse supporters, New Mexico United supporters. Uh, it was just fantastic. Uh, we brought, I don't know, what would you say? 50, 60 people, you think? Yeah, at least we had a really Around there, section. They were loud. Uh, they were excited. They were pumped up for New Mexico United. And, uh, you know, we made our section of, of uh, Southwest University Park, I think it's called. The top dog deck, you mean. <laughs> we were the, in the top dog deck. They knew where they were putting us. Uh, but we made that, that feel like home. Uh, and it was great. We had a, a fantastic time. Shout out to uh, the folks at El Paso Locomotive who, who were, were great for us. And, uh, and, man, we had a blast. It was great. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and from what I heard from different people, my wife saying that we were audible. You could hear us on the broadcast. That's you great. Hear the curse, which is really cool. Uh, my good is also the curse, not necessarily the contingent that went down, but as a whole, mm-hmm. we are getting recognized across the league as a supporters group to 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 be reckoned with. That's great. Uh, the El Paso supporters group made a tifo. <laughs> yeah. Their TIFO wasn't very creative. It was very artistic. I did a it was well, job. well created. Well created, Absolutely. not very artistic. Uh, but their TIFO was about the curse, mm-hmm. not about the game. Um, not about the club. Not about, not about New Mexico United. Their TIFO was about the curse. Mm-hmm. And that's so awesome to be a part of <laughs> something this big, this great, this positive. Um, and, and getting our name out, I've, I've been listening to several other USL or well, BGN podcasts. Yeah. And we are getting recognized on the USL show. We got recognized on the Colorado Springs podcast because that game's coming up. We got recognized on several other podcasts. So it, this has been an incredible experience to be part of a supporters group. Something I had no idea what. I mean, I didn't even know this thing really existed sure. last year at this well, time. It didn't. Well, not, yeah. I mean, any supporters group though. Oh, I was, sure. Yeah. I was not really. I mean, I didn't know anything about a supporters group. Right. Well, and and for those of you who don't know, uh, I typically, for the most part, run our, our social media, the Curse Social Media. And for the first few days of this past week, I was uh, ignoring all of El Paso's banter. They be- did not like because, that. Because <laughs> it got under their they skin. They didn't like that. I wanted to banter with them, and, and we've bantered in the past a lot. And But I was just letting it go, I think, until Thursday. I just kind of ignored it all just because it was getting under their skin, and it was so much fun. Um <laughs> and then um, what I started doing was just tweeting that they were obsessed with us. Tweet, just hashtag obsessed and like these gifts about things like them being obsessed and all of this GIFs. kind of stuff. Gifts. Um, but anyway, and then they, they do a, a TIFO about us and it just kind of reiterates it's like you're all obsessed you're, you're all obsessed, obsessed. With us. Yeah, and we're just we're, we're playing with the with the eighth notch folks we you know we, we again we had fun meeting a, a lot of you guys and and we had a great time but uh yeah that was that was a lot of fun for me this yeah, past week it was, it was great <laughs> it was great all right david uh that's kind of our show this week. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, a few of our sponsors, Star Brothers Brewing. Uh, great party last night. Well, I, I wasn't so able you, to make it out, but I saw the video and it was intense. Uh, holy cow! Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take a bunch of people's videos from when Cody made that last save. Uh, I'm gonna like put them all together and make a fun little highlight video. I, mean, I think that would be cool. The book of Mizell. He <laughs> saved. 
<laughs> he, he's our savior. Cody, ah, we've mentioned it before on this podcast, but you're amazing. Yep. Uh, 5700 San Antonio Drive, Star Brothers Brewing, Rio Bravo Brewing, 1912 Second Street. That's I where I was second. last night. What well, That looked like a fun party, too. It, it's it was always a little smaller, but it, it looked like you guys were just as wild and, and uh, intense game like that. It's it's man, it's so much fun. And we got to give a shout out to the people at both locations who stayed throughout the evening, late into the evening, uh, till I mean, we were done around eleven thirty. I think that game ended. So everybody stuck around. Not a single person left. Everybody cheered on the team all the way uh, past their bedtimes, which was really nice. That was awesome. Uh, Boxcar Brewing, Santa Fe, uh, five thirty South Guadalupe Street. Bosky Brewing down in Las Cruces, nine hundred one East University Avenue. And uh, again, thanks to ESPN Radio one hundred one seven, the team you're home for Dodger baseball, Lobo baseball, and the New Mexico United soccer team. Yeah. All right. Thanks to the Noms again. Love you, yeah, Noms. We got to hang out with well, some of their members here at the studios today, so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was great. All right, David. I'll see you in Colorado Springs. I'll see you there. Somos Unidos. We are united. <laughs>